0: God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Last Sunday, I saw the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, for its 50th anniversary tour, and I had never seen it before. Um, I knew some of the songs, I listened to some of the songs, and I was, of course, familiar with the storyline, but I had never seen the musical. Um, And I don't know, I didn't think about this, I don't know if I ever knew this, But at the end of the show, well, the musical ends with Jesus' death on the cross. That's it. That's the end of the story of the musical. The curtains close as Jesus took his last breath on the cross, and I wanted to yell out, that's not the end of the story! But I was with friends, and I wasn't in church, and... I was at a play and the singing had been incredible, so I stood up and cheered the performers with everyone else and kept my declarations that that's not the end of the story for church today. So the play, the musical, ended with the worst moment the worst moment of pain. Rejection, despair, uncertainty, weakness. But the story of redemption did not end there. Our story, Jesus' story, the real story, did not end there. To the crowd in the gospel today, Jesus points out some of those moments in the span of our lives in the span of human lives, some of those worst moments. And he calls them blessed. He says, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, which nowadays is considered a very sorry position, condition. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, and the peacemakers who are few and far between and so tired these days. And he says also, Blessed are the persecuted and reviled. So he's pointing out some pretty tough situations. And Jesus doesn't point out these times of sorrow and hurt and frustration in people's lives in order to say deal with it stop whining be submissive that's your lot in life jesus points them out to speak words of healing into those realities and to promise more and to remind us that god wants more for humanity. God wants more for the earth. God wants more. Jesus spoke of God's kingdom, of inheriting the earth, of God's comfort, of our fulfillment, of being God's children, of those realities expanding and being all in all one day on earth as it is in heaven. And these beatitudes that are the gospel today remind us that there is, 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 and always will be. As long as they're hurt, there's hurt in the world, there is and always will be another way beyond the worst moments than staying stuck there or saying, that's just the way it is. That's the way it'll always be. There's nothing we can do about it. Of course, I have to bring up the killing of yet another black man. And we can never, ever say that that's the way it is. That's the way it always will be. We can make... No reconciliation or accommodation is a better word with racism. We must always speak the words of the vision of God's kingdom, of God's comfort, of God's fulfillment on earth where there will be no one shot for the color of their skin. No one beaten. No one maligned. Sometimes it's easy to feel despair in these moments. And that's why sometimes when people represent the story of redemption, they end in a moment of despair. That musical about Jesus Christ ended with the crucifixion. But again, I say to you, Based on the gospel and all the scripture today that that is not the whole story. That is not the end of it. That was a false ending. The real story did not end end there. The story continues. It continues with resurrection and ascension and those of us who follow God and Christ Continuing to love justice, to act with mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So I've been part of Al-Anon, which, for those of you who don't know, is the group for friends and family of those uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous or other addictions, with who have friends and families who have other addictions and are trying to um, uh, recover. And it's a lifelong process. It is a disease that needs attention over and over again, and those uh, friends and families also need to pay strong spiritual attention to how we interact so that we don't contribute. I've been in these programs on and off since my father got sober when I was 18. He's very open about it, so I'm not telling any family (laughs) secrets here. And you all know him and know that he has been um, a, a wonderful spokesperson for recovery for the last 36 years. But for some reason, for some reason, even though I've been part of this program, it wasn't until recently that I heard, even though I've been part of al it wasn't until recently that I became aware of the promises. You know, I've looked at the steps. I've looked at the discipline, the spiritual discipline. I've looked at all of that. And yet, I had never seen the promises until recently. And I want to share these promises with you because I, I believe that a lot of those, if we do the work, whether it's our own spiritual practice as Christians, of course, A and Aonon are not aligned with any religion, but they are spiritual practices. And it's a spiritual practice of healing and hope, and resetting. And so the promises are, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development or recovery, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can actually benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Now that's my second favorite promise because I am baffled a lot by certain situations. So that makes me, that gives me hope that I will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle me. And my favorite promise is the last. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And in this group, the question is then asked, are these extravagant promises? And in my head, I always say, yes. But the correct answer is, we think not. They are being fulfilled among us. I bring up these promises because they encourage people who have gone through or are going through a lot of pain and some deep personal change and transformation to keep going, to keep growing. And they seem extravagant, but they are being fulfilled among us. And the Beatitudes as well seem extravagant in some ways. We will be blessed, when we're persecuted and reviled. We will be blessed when we are poor. We will be blessed when we thirst and hunger for righteousness. I always remind people of a definition of blessed. And to be blessed is to know that God is with you. That God is active and alive and present in your life, no matter what. And so, there is a lie that is told sometimes, a lie that is told sometimes in religions throughout the world, that if something is happening to you, God is punishing you. That if something human and hurtful is happening to you, that God is punishing. That if you are poor, God is not with you. It's your fault. And so forth and so on. And that is not the truth. Moses went up. Mount Sinai came back with the Ten Commandments and Jesus in Matthew goes up on the mountain and proclaims the eight Beatitudes and says, Blessed are you. God is with you, even in your times of pain and suffering. Keep going. Keep growing. Keep the faith. Keep your eyes on the promise and the fulfillment of God's kingdom, of what it means to be a child of God, that at some point there will be comfort, at some point there will be fulfillment. Yesterday, I was in a very beautiful memorial service for a parishioner here at his wife's church at Westbury United Methodist. And his longtime friend, who was an Episcopal priest, gave the homily. And it was very thoughtful and very beautiful. She had been friends for almost 60 years with this man, Tom. And in her homily, she spoke about quantum engagement which I will not try to explain here because I'm not sure I totally understand it. But the point that she made was that that love and that friendship that they had and sustained over 60 years, no matter how far apart they were, helped encourage and shape and form each other. And that no matter how far apart it may seem now, somehow that love will keep them, keep all of us engaged. So my friends, this may seem foolish to preach hope in a world that is very complicated and cruel sometimes. But that is our faith, and that is the wisdom and foolishness of God, which is greater than any, I mean the wisdom and um, strength of God, which is greater than the wisdom and strength of human beings. God's foolishness, in fact, and God's weakness is stronger and wiser than anything we have. So remember that you are blessed. Remember that we are all connected. And remember that the story does not end where some people say it should. It keeps on going with healing, reconciliation, justice, mercy, and humility. Amen.